are disadvantaged because we are programmed to believe something else. And we have to learn submission to the truth, Mm -hmm. which is we have nothing except for what God gave us. So when we look at these attributes, we have to figure out how do they apply to all of us? Every attribute applies to all of us. So how we have, it requires some digging. It requires some Mm -hmm. work. This is Study with Friends, a weekly dive into the answers and questions we find in the Bible, the church, and in the broader Christian faith. I'm Paige, and today we'll be continuing our series focusing on the Sermon on the Mount. This series is different in that it consists of an eight-week study with five daily programs to help you study the Sermon on the Mount in a much deeper way. If you want the study material or homework or more information about this series or other resources we provide, you can find them on our website, studywithfriends.org. Day four. Day four. Week two. Who's excited? (laughs) It's a Thursday. (laughs) Okay. Thursday of the week. Yeah, that's true. It could be a Thursday. Okay. So in this day we want to really examine the blessings and obviously these days are like the lines between these these days of study are are gray because we've done a lot of this it's blurry uh but you know we had to kind of pick the content that we want to throw into each of these little pieces so on this day what we're looking at is um a little bit more about the blessings we've done a lot of that already so we'll do a little bit more but not not try not to repeat the stuff we've already done One thing that I think is uniquely helpful about this particular day of study is that we take the blessings and we group them into threes, Um, which I think is helpful. Did you find it helpful when you did the homework? Did you did you see the markers that I saw Mm -hmm. or or did you feel like they were appropriately grouped that way or did that feel foreign to you? Did it feel right? Yeah, I think they the groups of threes had similar characteristics that you could be like okay this is what this is good okay and I think um you know when we look at scripture often God will say something in a few different ways to help us understand exactly what he means and so it's interesting if we think about this in threes because then we don't have to say not that we shouldn't and we did already we did already really examine uh, we didn't completely go through all the different ways that I was rephrasing yesterday go to the homework and get that I did the whole beatitudes but Um, it gives us some freedom to say, oh, poor and mourn and meek, that might actually be all circling around one bigger concept. Um, Not that we shouldn't understand poor and mourn and meek individually, but then how do we understand them as a collective? And then how do we understand the Beatitudes as a collective? And how do we understand the sermon as a collective? So I think that's useful. We're going to play with it. We'll do that exercise. So if we look at the first three, which I just said, poor in spirit, meek, mourning, what do those people have in common? And we said a little bit of it yesterday, so we can just reiterate it. said human weakness, struggles, and pain. What is the global posture as a result of recognizing that that human weakness? It makes us have to recognize that we have our, as a human, we will fail. And because of our sin in our failure, there are consequences and we will struggle but it is not we don't have the strength to deal with that Mm -hmm. and we shouldn't hold ourselves to figure out how to yeah get over it yeah because we don't we can't 
Yeah. I think when you're talking about global posture, as far as worldly, uh, strength is what's accepted or revered. Whereas this is something totally different. It's weakness, brokenness, but with purpose. Mm -hmm. Embracing it. Yes. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's the big difference. So if I'm hearing you, you're really saying these people recognize and accept their dependence Mm -hmm. on God with humility. It's a choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a submission. Yeah. And you know, like the going back to children saying, I have the song, I have decided to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. When I sang it as a little girl, I was like, what? (laughs) I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Okay, sure. (laughs) I'm but you, then one snack time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the words later on when you understand it makes yeah. sense. I mean I'm telling it's just those those Sunday school songs mm-hmm. they hit. So we talked about this already. We develop it more in day four, but like you said, being disadvantaged isn't the formula for blessing. Mm-hmm. So being poor, being in mourning in that surface way that we we've already sort of unpacked can't be the formula because if the Beatitudes are for everyone and they are because all of scripture is for everyone, then it can't be only the people who are in material poverty are blessed in this way. Can't be. I think it's Jen Hatmaker who says, if it's not true for a mom and a third, a single mom in a third world country, it's not true scripturally. What she means is, and that's really coming up against the prosperity gospel. Like if you do this, then you'll have Mm -hmm. this, but it's true. That flip side of that is true. Also that anybody on the planet during any time in history has to be able to embody this. So then how must we interpret it? If that's true, all of scripture applies to all of us. It doesn't only apply to me. If I lost somebody, it doesn't only apply to me if I'm poor materially. So then we can receive it as a humble dependence on God. People talk all the time about why is the church in third world countries so much more vibrant? Mm -hmm. Maybe they have this more accessible to them because we live in a first world country. We find it difficult to lay down our own abilities and control and and attributes and say, I am humbly, completely dependent on God. Mm -hmm. So because we struggle with it doesn't mean it's not what we should be doing. It's also very against American culture to feel that way. Yeah. American culture is entirely about being self-made. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Self-reliant. Bootstraps. And Mm self-sufficient. Yeah. Self, self, self. That's right. It's, it's, it's like against the way that we were raised. Yeah. And so in that way, we are disadvantaged Mm -hmm. because we are programmed to believe something else and we have to learn submission to the truth, Mm -hmm. which is we have nothing except for what God gave us. And so when we look at these attributes, they, we have to figure out how do they apply to all of us? Every attribute applies to all of us. So how we have, it requires some digging. It requires some Mm -hmm. work because the words that are used, the English words and the words that Jesus used, they're not super clear. What does poor mean? Especially because Luke and Matthew say it a little bit differently. I think they say it differently so that we have a better understanding. But some people take it right here on the surface and say, well, Luke says poor, so that must mean material. Matthew says poor in spirit, so that must be mean spiritually poor. It means poor, a poverty that we understand, a spiritual, anything that we have, anything. Maybe I don't have stuff. A deficit of some sort. Exactly. That's the thing, Renew. That we recognize that even if I have cute clothes and a nice haircut and my um, I've got my roots done, which I don't, <laughs> and whatever, even if I have all those things, I am bereft without Christ. That's what they're talking about. 
I do want to say that people arguing over, he said poor, which must mean no material things, poor in spirit, different things. They didn't say either of those words. They said it in Greek. We bring a lot of... Well, he said it in Aramaic. Who said it in Aramaic? <laughs> Jesus. Jesus said it in Aramaic. I thought you said John and they wrote it in Greek. Yeah. We bring a lot of assumptions when we read it in English, a lot of connotations to all of our words that the American church sometimes gets wrong. But let me jump in because the translation isn't wrong, Gianna. I know the, the translation word poor is translated wrong. properly. I know the, and it, I, it yeah. is meant to, to, to poke at a poverty. Mm -hmm. I just, and I don't want it to be too like, I think it's important that the Bible is taught in a, in, in the vernacular of, of mm -hmm. those mm -hmm. hearing it. But it is also like, if you have a lot of issue with that word being used, dig a little deeper into it. Yeah, and I think, don't get, yeah. So Find out what the Greek word So meant. back to Maybe day one help. when we were talking about it being a checklist. I think that's the propensity. Like, I want to understand what this word exactly means so mm -hmm. I can check it off. Mm -hmm. And that's where we go sideways. Mm -hmm. Because what is, what is the root of what Jesus is teaching? That's what we need to uh, um, apprehend. Okay, so let's look at the, the second three. Ange, will you read Matthew 5, 6 through 8? It's right in your homework. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. What do you think these people have in common? This second bit comes after what we just did, which was humble dependence on God. So that was the first three. The second three being maybe circling around righteousness and justice. So if we make no mistake, when I say that I believe that it's a, uh, an awareness of your own poverty, whatever that might be, and, and we all have spiritual poverty, the, the Sermon on the Mount is so clear on how we should be agents of justice and mercy that I don't want to stomp on the fact that Jesus calls us to care for the poor and the grieving and the widows and those who are disadvantaged in any way. So then, so we have that, and I wanted us to dig deeper, and we did, but we don't disregard those people who have experienced poverty or death or disadvantage in any way. God is so clear about that all over the Bible, that if we have and she has not, then we give, period, full stop. So if we take the first bit of those who are humbly accepting their dependence on God, and that should include all of us, then we take the second bit and think about those who hunger for righteousness and justice and mercy and are pure in their heart. We can partner that with the first three by saying, okay, those of us who are unsettled until we give are not turning our face away from those who are disadvantaged, mm -hmm. that we are accepting of our role in the justice and righteousness of God as it plays out in gospel carriers and image bearers that live all around us. That might be a global way to understand this second bit. When I say hunger for hunger and thirst for righteousness, I am hungering for a spiritual filling and thirsting for a spiritual filling that is the righteousness of Christ. I am hungry for that. I am greedy for that, right? Like I am 
desiring of more of that in my life. That is a blessing. And then this justice, blessed are those who are merciful, they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, they will see God. And so we develop it more in the homework. I wish we had more time, but does that land as almost like a partnership with the first three? as we deepen our understanding of who God expects us to be, say, say what you think. I think, especially for me, the being merciful and like deepening your faith, I feel like that is just such a great example because it's taking you out of the center, Mm -hmm. being merciful, like how we were talking about with forgiveness Mm -hmm. and it's not about you. And it's, it's really hard to come to terms with, but that's a part of deepening your faith. Yes. And taking you out of the middle and just asking God to deepen your understanding of what he wants and just allow him to work through you in your life and being merciful, I feel like is a prime example of that. Because naturally, I don't think we want to be merciful. Yeah. And that doesn't come from us. We don't spend a lot of time thinking about how we could be. Like maybe if, if we're presented with it, we might be like, okay, well, Jesus would want me to do that, right? We can maybe do it reactively, but do we do it proactively? Do many, we go out and seek? For as many people who say, what would Jesus do? How often do you actually consider Right, that? but do you see what I'm saying? We Maybe we can pull it off as a reaction, yeah. maybe through Christ, but do we go and look? And so what I'm going to forecast here- Do you wake up here, every day and wonder? Yeah, so yeah. what I'm going to forecast here it. is later in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about, um, fasting. And we dig into that deep in this study. And one of the things that really knocked me over when I was doing, uh, I'm sure you can imagine a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of reading and studying in the sermon and this idea underneath fasting and here this blessed are those who will be uh, hunger and thirst for righteousness, justice. So it's, it's, I'm seeking the righteousness of Christ, but I'm also seeking Christ's righteousness around me, his justice around me. I am for justice. Uh, one of the authors, I think said this, but I wrote it down, compassion that results in radical solidarity. And what that, we, we really develop it in the, in the week that we talk about fasting, because we talk about fasting, yes, as self-sacrifice and a discipline and a turning towards the Lord and giving up and, and being hungry. There's, a, there, there's, tune in for that week because it's really good. God did good work. But the other thing being, okay, if I'm fasting in the early church, the fasting was also whatever money I save from not eating, then I give it to mm-hmm. someone who doesn't have. Mm-hmm. We don't do that. But that's what God is talking about here. The whole sermon is radical, but there's so much in the Beatitudes that if we just let it sink in, blessed are the merciful, what does that mean? What does it mean to hunger and thirst for righteousness? What does it mean for me to be pure in heart? So of course we talk about that. I mean, I'm just making these parallels in the fasting. So he talks about don't be like the Pharisees because they, they look all sad and messed up when they're fasting because they want you to know. Yeah. But if you're pure in heart, you aren't doing it that way. You're doing it towards the Lord and towards the Lord only. And so, again, we're struggling here with defining all the depth of the Beatitudes because we're only spending a little bit of time. But the truth is what you said on day one, which is that these are foundational as we walk forward into the sermon, they are and we'll come back to them. And I'm, I'm, I'm teasing some things that are coming, but it's all connected. So if you only did one week of the study, do the whole thing. 
Okay. <laughs> okay. Let me move to the third triad. Renew, would you mind reading that one? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Thank you. So what do you see? What are the two concepts that are sort of juxtaposed here? Would you say it's fair to say maybe peace and conflict? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'd say the pursuit of peace mm -hmm. and the pursuit of conflict. So one of the things that we've talked about a lot in our house is that being a peacemaker isn't just keeping peace. It's creating peace. Would you like to say what that means? Mm -hmm. Let's see how, let's see how my mother, <laughs> this is a mothering test. Let's see how um, she does. How did I do? <laughs> what is the difference between keeping peace and creating peace? Because it's, this says, blessed are the peacemakers, not the peacekeepers. Are you going to be mad at me if I don't really have a good answer? No. Does anybody else? Because I don't, like, I don't I'm just, know. I'm just putting you on the spot. I'm thinking of like, what do you generally involved? think? is the mean is the difference between peacekeeping and peacemaking peacemaking i feel like you have to be the first one and you have to kind of take that step of putting your own wants and wishes maybe mm -hmm. aside and you have to be the one that's like all right let me get over this and be done and to make the peace whereas yes. peacekeeping is much it's more passive it's very go passive. along to get along passive like, versus yeah. active mm -hmm. yeah yes so one of the ways that i describe it i think that's been useful for me is actually stepping into the conflict, not running away from it. Because mm. if you run away from conflict, you can create peace. But peacemaking means stepping into the conflict. That's what Jesus did. Mm -hmm. He stepped into the conflict between the perfection of God and the sin of man. And he made peace between those two things. Now I have a he question. created peace where there was no peace between God. There was no peace between me and God before Jesus because I was in conflict with him. Mm -hmm. Even while we were still sinners, he did what he did. For I didn't come and say, oh, let me fix myself. Yeah. He came to me and said, I have a gift for you. Will you receive it? I was in conflict. I was an enemy. We were enemies of God. That's what it says in the Bible. While we were still his enemy, he came to us and created peace. And so if we are to be Christ-like, if we are truly to be disciples that follow him and embody his principles, then we must step into conflict and create peace. And sometimes that means you take a bullet. And that's what he's talking about in the second bit. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because there's two ways he says the second bit. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of things, all kinds of evil against you because of me. He actually says it twice. And, and I, that's so practical for me because it's like, I need to hear that twice. I need to hear that twice. I need God to be like, it's okay. It's okay. Right? When I say it's okay once, mm -hmm. maybe you believe me, but if I say it's okay twice, I mean to do something there. Mm -hmm. Um, and so uh, how does this grouping strike you? The peace and the persecution. How does it strike you? And if you'd like, how does it strike you in the context of the other two triads before it? There's a lot there. I'm going to let you sit with it. In terms of peace and conflict and 
us being called to be peacemakers, it kind of, it, it encourages me because when I think of being the embodiment of Christ, I think that's what Jesus did. Um, so I think it's just encouraging that, yes, we're called to do that, and yes, it's hard, but it's drawing us closer to how God wants us to be. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just- and he's saying we are blessed because of it. Yes. It's another uh, phrase in the Bible that says, consider it all joy, my brothers, when trials come upon you. Mm-hmm. Consider it joy. So it's not just get through it. Yeah. It's consider it your blessing mm-hmm. that God saw fit to put you in that space. You are blessed because he did that. That's a whole different way of thinking mm-hmm, about mm-hmm, it. Rather than just getting through. Yeah. yeah. And also in addition to that, for this one it is you will be called the children of God or the sons of God. Whereas the others, you're inheriting this, you're getting that. This is to the true core. You are reflecting your father. Yes. In doing that. In the same way Christ reflects mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Because that's what Christ did and came here to do and so in us embodying that and emulating that and doing that we are truly you will be yeah that's so good renew thank you for saying that do you get the do you get the feeling that there's an amplification as we break this up into the threes so we've got embracing your poverty Mm -hmm. responding to that poverty with mercy mm-hmm. and then a w- even more radical response to that to that condition that we all have and that we see in, a, a, in those around us radically stepping into dangerous scary situations because that's what Christ did and knowing it's okay yeah. it's okay even unto death Mm-hmm. that's what martyrs are, right? And then Christ was the perfect lamb who was slain. Even unto death, we are called to put ourselves into places where we exemplify how God feels about the impoverished nature of, of our humanity and sin, the mercy that he delivers through Christ and the gospel, and the peace that results as a relationship is resolved. So do you see how these build up to, to these beatitudes? It's so interesting. We could look at it a million different ways. This is just how I chose to look at it in the, in the study. And this was one of our longer days of study. There's so much more. Mm-hmm. So go in there and get it. Unfortunately, we have 25 minutes. We can't do everything we want to do every time, but it's in there. Go get it. Is there more that you guys want to say out of this one? super quickly i'm sorry to do that to you anything else that you got i i will say that there's a lot of uh, in this passage there's a lot of additional scripture in this day and i i'm I'm gonna say again and again there are james passages that help us that deepen our understanding so go to james and don't be afraid like you should if you're studying the sermon on the mount or if you're studying james you should have a bookmarker in the other one Mm -hmm. because it's there's a lot in there that's going to help you and really expand your understanding of what God intends for us to know and 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 embrace from these pieces of scripture.
Hi again, it's Paige. Thanks again for joining us in our study today. We hope that you found some great truths to apply to your life and encouragement for your faith as you continue to mature in your walk with Jesus. We here at Study With Friends are modeled more like a small group. We want to encourage you to continue your growth through the local church. If you don't have a church home, we encourage you to find one where the Bible is taught in every situation. Study with Friends is a completely donor-supported ministry, and if we have blessed you, would you consider donating to us? Monthly partnerships are particularly helpful, but no amount is too small. We'd also love to stay connected. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can stream us on the go wherever you are with iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. And now you can watch the ladies on YouTube. If all that seems to be a bit too much for you, feel free to email us. You can find our email address on our website, studywithfriends.org. While you're there, you can check out a myriad of other resources we have that are all free for you. We hope you have a great week, and we'll see you next time when we study with friends.